So here's today's transformational truth. A renewed mind produces a transformed life. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Welcome back to Transformational Truths. Our special guest today is Dr. Justin Mosley, also known as the Mindset Doctor. He's also the host of the Power of Mindset Summit, and he inspires people to exchange their comfort for their calling. I love that. After surviving a near-death accident in 2018, Dr. Mosley began to reevaluate his life's purpose, and it put him on this mission to inspire and empower others to live an abundant life that's full of purpose and passion and peace and, yes, even profit. He loves helping business owners live a better life and experience breakthroughs in their current barriers so that they can unlock their full potential, fulfill their deepest desires, and create next-level success. Dr. Mosley and I had a fantastic conversation. Let's jump into the interview. So here's today's transformational truth. A renewed mind produces a transformed life. And today we're talking about the importance of a healthy, life-giving mindset. Uh, one of the concepts I write about in my book, Seven Deadly Thoughts, is the reality that limiting mindsets will limit your life. In fact, the reason I wrote the book was because I kept meeting incredibly gifted people who were just stuck. But their limitations were never, I repeat, never external. They were all internal and could be traced back to a limiting belief about themselves that at some point they had adopted and it became the lid on their life. And helping us unpack today's topic is the mindset doctor himself, Dr. Justin Mosley. Justin, welcome to Transformational Truths. I am really excited that you're here. Pastor Travis, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I have been looking forward to this interview for a while. Uh, we've known each other for a while. I love and admire what you do. I'm thankful for what you do. I am especially thankful for your heart. Uh, your character, your spirit, there's just a genuineness and authenticity about you that I deeply appreciate. You know, the longer I, I'm in life, do, doing life and ministry, um, the longer I'm around leaders, the more I just appreciate authenticity, don't you? Mm, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. And that's means the world to me because that's what it's all about. And the more I put myself out there and try to reach people, I want to make sure I stay true to my authentic self and who God's called me to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right into this because I want... I want our listeners to be exposed to your area of expertise and your passion and your wisdom, because there is a lot of talk about limiting mindsets today, right? I mean, there's a lot of talk about this. And every time I feel like uh, Justin and I jump into a clubhouse room, someone's talking about mindset and someone's talking about limiting beliefs. So there's a lot of chatter around this. Uh, but you have some incredible perspective and you have some incredible experience and passion around this topic. Can you give us one or two examples of common limiting beliefs that often sort of fly under our radar. Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones that I see is I am not enough. Hmm. That could be I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. And it comes down to self-worth. And I've been unpacking this lately. And I look at this, the story of Moses. And you could look at that story and say, yeah, it's a great story. He led the people out of the Israelites out of Egypt. And that you had the, the, 10, or the 
I said 10 commandments, the 10 plagues. So it's like, you can look at that story and say, yes, that was amazing what God did. But what's really amazing is he used a man who had tons of limiting beliefs. Mm. He struggled with self-worth, doubt, unbelief. I mean, God spoke to him through a burning bush and he still tried to talk God out of it and say, no, I'm not your guy. But I think the moral of that story is if he can use Moses, a man filled with doubts, insecurities, and unbelief, he can use you to do something great. Mm. So good. That's so good. I, I, that, that limiting belief, I am not enough. I think that has to be probably the most common, common limiting belief um, among leaders and believers that I talk to, just people struggling with their sense of worth and value. One of the Oh, one of the axioms we live by around here at Life Church, the church I have the privilege of pastoring, is you are not what you do, you're what Christ has already done for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. getting that understanding brings so much freedom and so much clarity. Because have you discovered um, when you believe this lie that I'm not enough, when you believe that you don't have worth and value, it, it, it really impacts every decision that we make? Absolutely. And that's what the beliefs. They, they come from, they stem from a filter. We see the filter. Uh, that's how we see the world. Right. And, and I love what you do in your work because everything's filtered through the Bible. Hmm. And when you have that type of filter, because we, and another limiting belief that people have is like Christians shouldn't have money. And we start to feel guilty uh, yeah, around, yeah. around having money. Right. And it can be a lot of people like read the Bible to confirm what they already believe. Like I heard money is bad and they read it like, see, I shouldn't have money. I should give everything away. But the reality is, if you switch your perspective, you say, what if I made a lot of money so I could do more good in the world? And you Mm -hmm. shift your mindset from what can I get to what can I give? Because I've met a lot of wealthy Christians. And what I've found is they are passionate for Jesus and they're able to do so much good with their wealth. And if you took all their wealth away, they would still be passionate for Jesus, but they couldn't have the impact on the world without the wealth that they have created. Mm. So if you can understand, it's like, God, Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. And part of that abundance, I think, can be financial to use to further the kingdom. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. I'm really glad that you bring that up. Uh, There's almost a fear of money uh, among believers. And I think one of the most mis- uh, quoted, misinterpreted scriptures in the Bible is that money is the root of all evil, but that's not at all what the Bible says. It is the love of money. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having money. Just make sure money doesn't have you. And I think that's the <laughs> right, that's right. the point that scripture's trying to make. We miss all the time that in the early church, there were wealthy believers supporting Paul's ministry. There were wealthy believers who were supporting Peter's ministry. There's uh, God never one time said that there's uh, there's a problem with money. And even Jesus' statement of sell everything and follow me uh, is taken out of context all the time. He wasn't telling all of us to do that. He was he was elevating the standard of the law to teach us that we needed the grace of God. We couldn't earn righteousness. That was the whole point of that yep. statement. Yeah. And so I'm thankful that you brought those two up. Um, I am not enough and it's wrong to have money. Oh, goodness sakes. These hold us back. Uh, limiting beliefs usually traffic subconsciously, right? So, so which can obviously make it difficult to identify them. Practically speaking, how does a person identify his or her own limiting mindsets? If, they're under the radar. How can you give us right. just practically how to identify limiting belief? Yeah. So first you have to understand where they come from. So they come mm-hmm. from our environments and our experiences. And there's an old adage of your limiting beliefs come from your parents, teachers, and preachers. 
And there's a truth to that of like, parents, you have an important role on how you raise your kids. Are you setting them up for a limited mindset full of worry, doubt, and fear? Are you help training a positive mindset in them? And teachers the same way, like you have a very important role in the life of these kids and definitely preachers, especially kids growing up. Yeah. Preachers are an authority figure. And that's why I love the work that you do because you help empower people, not just deliver the message, but, but go beyond the message and like, what is it really trying to teach us mm-hmm. and how we can, we live a life according to the Bible that is, is full of a positive mindset and a positive impact we can have on the world. Yeah. So first off is knowing where they come from. Cause then maybe you need to look around you and say, who am I surrounding myself with? Because you, I think Jim Rohn is the one that first said, like, you are a product of the five people you surround yourself with. Right. Now look at the company you keep. Who are you surrounding yourself with? And then really, I think it, it's diving into the word. Because the more you get into the word of God, the yeah. more the word of God gets into you. Mm. So if you start seeing these fears and doubts and worries start to come up, I like to go to the Bible. Because I've had my own limiting beliefs Oh, that's part of the reason why I do this work, because I, I was able to overcome a lot and I able to help others do the same. But I look at things like Moses and like, no, he was used for something great. And I look for and I'll share one of the limiting beliefs that I had like growing up is that I could never speak in front of a room. Mm. Like I am severely introverted. Like I'd rather be sitting in a book, chilling, doing my own thing. And even in college, I took a speech class. And I got in front of the class and my hands were shaking. My voice was shaking. I got done with that speech and I was like, I'm never speaking in front of a a group again. And it created a limiting belief of, no, you can't do that. So that was part of the experiences. Our experience create a belief of, no, see, you were terrible at that. You should never speak again. And then I went on to chiropractic school and had to do another speech in front of the class. Hmm. Uh, And I almost just tried to get out of it and just like, what grade would I get if I didn't give the speech? But I was like, no, I got to do this. I got through it. And still I was like, man, I'm terrified of speaking. Yeah. Then I knew God had called me to impact more people. And I started looking at at the vision and the calling on my life. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to believe the lie that I can never speak in front of people. I'm going to start doing the work to become a better speaker. Mm. I'm going to start affirming that I can do this. I'm start looking. And I went to pastors that speak to different congregations and I got guidance from them on how they're able to deliver a message. And I was able to do what it takes, surrounding mm. myself with the right people, right. starting to believe that, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm. I think that's one of the biggest things and then I, then I look to the word of God saying, you don't worry what you have to say. That's a lot of times, whether we get on camera or we're on a podcast and we're worried, what are we going to say? God, God says the Holy Spirit will give you the words. And that gave me a peace of you like, you know what? God is with me. And, you, and then you look at Timothy. Timothy, it says you don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a, a sound mind. And I was like, yeah. you know what? There is a power inside of me. There is a voice that, that needs to be given to the world. So mm. you know what? I'm going to overcome this fear that I could have just let stall me for my whole life and never spoken to now I'm able to speak to people all over the world. I have a TEDx talk coming up in, in April. Incredible. It's like, I never would have been able to do something like that. How had wow. I believed the lie wow. that came from the limiting belief? Wow. Incredible. Incredible. I love that story. You know, I, one of the things I often teach is that you don't rise to the level you aspire to, you rise to the level you're exposed to. And mm-hmm. you, your story just illustrated that because I think that con- there's a converse truth there. 
you'll also fall to what you're exposed to. If you're only exposed to environments that tell you you can't or reinforce the idea that you can't, then you probably won't. But when you begin to expose yourself to, to environments that say, no, you can, you know what, you probably will. It's, it's incredible how you put these limiting beliefs on ourselves. I remember, you know, uh, Justin, when I was in um, high school, I was not a good student. I was a horrible student. In fact, one of my, I hated English lit. I hated all of my English classes and courses. I hated, you know, studying the art of language. I didn't like it. And then later I felt called to write and I was so intimidated to try to write because of I, I had bought this lie about myself, this narrative that I cannot write because I didn't do good in school in English classes or courses. Uh, I had to overcome that limiting belief. And now I'm working on my third, uh, publishing my third book uh, that'll drop this fall. And because I had to force myself to lean into this and address the limiting belief that I had bought, told myself, embraced. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for me, that was that's one of the litmus tests of a limiting belief. There's, I found that I will discover a limiting belief if I pay attention to my frustrations. Mm. I found frustration to be an incredible <laughs> indicator of, oh, yeah. a, of a yeah. limiting belief, man. I'm like, why am I so frustrated? Because in, in my mind, there's a limiting belief and it's, it's con in conflict with my heart. In my heart mm -hmm. saying, go for it. And my head saying, you can't do it. Um, right. Which takes me to my next question. This is already such a rich conversation. Uh, and you've sort of begun to address this, you, you know, where are limiting beliefs, where are limiting mindsets originate from environments, experiences, and you said voices. Can you give us another couple of examples practically of voices that sometimes contribute to limiting beliefs, maybe, maybe yeah. in, from our, our childhood or our or, or, or churches or, or people that we admired that spoke into our lives? Just can you speak to that for a little bit more? Yeah, and it definitely could be outside sources speaking into your life. But I think right. one of the biggest thing is the voices in your own head. Like you talked about, like the, the belief, you started believing that you shouldn't be a writer. And you hear mm -hmm. this voice in your head saying, no, you shouldn't do that. Who are you to write this? Right. And that's what we start to believe. You start hearing it over and over enough, you start to believe it. Mm. And that's the power of the mind. And like when it comes to fear, Mark Twain said, I've lived a life of many troubles. Most of them never happened. <laughs> and it's like, it's so real. It's like we worry about these things that have never even taken, taken place. Right. And that's the power of the mind because you can work yourself up. You can think about a conversation you have to have with somebody and you can start get, getting frustrated. You can start shaking. You can start getting sick to your stomach knowing about mm. this conversation that hasn't even taken place yet. Right. But the same thing can happen if you use the power of your mind to say, what if this goes right? What if I write an amazing book that can transform lives all over the world? Right. So you start looking at the positive benefits and speaking that into, and I, I like to say you mm. have to speak louder than the voices in your head. That's good. So if you think, if you have that limiting belief of, man, I'm not a writer, you know what? I am a writer. I'm a powerful writer that, that writes messages that transformed lives. That's good. And I did that with myself as a speaker. I went from, man, I should never speak again. You know what? I'm a powerful and confident speaker. When I speak, people listen. When I lead, people follow. And like I started to believe that. The more you say it, the more you believe it. Because I knew that God had called me to this. Mm. And I think that's part of the conversation, too, that underlies. It's like, what are you here to do? And I think when you know that, that for you, like, if God didn't call you to be a writer, like, you probably wouldn't have pursued trying to write a book. Right. But it's like, you knew that God had placed a message on your heart. So you were willing to exchange your comfort for your calling. 
And which is a message that I got from actually a near death experience I had back in 2018, mm-hmm. where I realized I had settled in a lot of areas in life. Like life was good, business was good, but I knew God had called me for more. Mm-hmm. And I needed to stop settling and playing small and being comfortable. I needed to change my comfort for my calling. And a lot of you out there listening, you have a calling on your life and you're called to go to do more, but those voices try to stop you. Who are you to do this? You shouldn't do this. No, you need to stay here where it's comfortable. No, exchange that comfort for your calling. Excellent. Wow. Incredible. Great segue to my next question. Um, Justin, have you had limiting beliefs that you've personally had to overcome? Absolutely. So it comes from the speaking from that. That was a big one early on because I watched people. I read my first Tony Robbins book when I was 16. Then mm. that, that fired me up to, for personal development. So I started working on myself. And I was like, I love how he helps transform people. I was like, I would love to do that one day, to be on a stage. And then I had the opportunity to meet different pastors. And I, I got to meet Pastor Stephen Furtick and go to like a leadership training of his. And I was like, man, the impact that he can have by speaking. I wish I could do that one day. Mm. So then that was me starting to affirm, you know what? I can do this. I started doing the work, like I said, to become a speaker. But you know what? The voices are always still there. Mm. When I was, I knew like the vision one day I want to do a TEDx talk because I've watched YouTube videos of all these great people that have done TED talks. And when I got the call that said, you know, congratulations, you, you've, you're able to do a TEDx talk. The voice came in of who are you to do this? you can't do this. Like all these great people that are great speakers there, they should be doing this. Why you? Right. So, but again, I know how to do this. I know how to affirm, you know what? That's a lie. Right. And right. so I started thinking like, who am I not to do this? Mm. I know God has called me to this and nothing's going to stop me. Not these voices in my own head, not the voices, anyone speaking into me that say, I can't do this. God has called me to it. So nobody's going to stop me. Mm. That's so good. Wow. Uh, Justin, for the person listening who recognizes I have some limiting beliefs and they know that it's holding them back, but they're frustrated with the process of, of mind renewal, you know, those stubborn thoughts, those, those stubborn uh, tendencies to, uh, settle for comfort rather than move into their calling. How long, practically speaking, would you say it takes in your experience to once and for all, put a limiting mindset to rest? You're talking about your own journey and, and, and I, even in your own story, we hear it, you know, like you had it and it sort of came back up. The, mo- the moment the opportunity showed up, yeah. that old <laughs> nagging limiting belief, you know, it sort of just started to, to creep back in. How long does it take to put these things to rest or, or do they ever totally just go away? Yeah. And that's the thing. I do think it's a daily practice because I don't think it ever totally goes away. And I do think that, I mean, you look throughout Psalms and it talks about I meditate on your word day and night. Why do, why do we need to do that? Because our own minds start to play tricks on us and start to lead us astray. So we constantly need to be meditating on the word, speaking life into ourselves and mm-hmm. surround ourselves with people that speak life into us because we constantly need to be reminded of that. Or if we just leave it to our own devices, those voices in your head will start playing against you. You'll start remembering right. things when you were younger and people spoke one thing into you or you had one experience like I did and had a bad speech. And you would believe that lie that you should never speak again. Mm. So you have to daily just continue to, and I, I love affirmations. Yeah. And I love giving, getting affirmations from the word or even thinking about Christian music. If you look at the music as affirmations, 
Mm. Like the song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Like, what if you just repeated that to yourself over and over if you were scared and started to to experience fear? Right. You just said that over and over until you start to believe it. And the belief comes. And once you start to believe it, that's when the, the, the limiting belief can start to go away. Yeah. It's your level of belief. And I think that's where the faith piece comes in too. Cause you look at faith, faith is believing something when you have no concept of it actually happening. It's like, you have to believe and truly believe. And I, I do think that goes back to finding your purpose and your calling, because then you can have no doubt that, and God's called me in this direction. Yeah. So I can believe it, even though I doubt it inside, I believe God's called me here. So I'm going to do the work. I'm going to renew my mind daily to go after this calling that God has on my life. Yeah, uh, that's so good. You know, it's interesting. I've had the privilege of serving as a, as a pastor for uh, the last I think, 18 years. I think there's a lot of heart talk in the church, but the fact of the matter is, is the Bible doesn't say that your life is transformed by a renewed heart. It says your life is transformed by a renewed mind. The fact of the matter is, is if you're a person of faith, the moment you place your faith in Christ, scripture says you get a new heart, you have a new heart, you have a new nature, but it is the mind that is constantly needing that renewal. And when we see the mind being renewed, we see the life being transformed. And that is what you're describing to us so beautifully. I want to circle back around just briefly, because you talked about your own limiting beliefs and you talked about your own journey, uh, settling for comfort rather than stepping into your calling. And I want to highlight this for a moment. Because, you know, Justin, by a lot of folks' standards, you were already successful. You, you had achieved your, your degree. You're a doctor. You, you had your own, uh, you still have your own chiropractor's uh, 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 practice uh, along with your wife. You're, so you're, you're literally a doctor. You're a chiropractor. You're helping people. Um, you're, you're, you're successful. You're, you're making money. Um, and yet, there was something missing. There was a sense of fulfillment that you weren't experiencing and you were willing to step away from what you knew you were proficient at. You could have gone the rest of your life and created a great nest egg, invested money and retired and you'd have been fine. But it wasn't, that wasn't it. Talk to me about that. I mean, you stepped away from something most people would say, hey, just just set it down, cruise control, go the rest of your life. But something was missing. Just can you touch on that for a moment? Absolutely. Yeah, because I was. I mean, life was good and I was living my purpose. I was here. I know God has called me to make a difference in people's lives. Right. And I was doing that through my clinic. But unfortunately for me, I had to go through a near death accident. And what that did is woke me up. And we all question, like, why are we here? What is our purpose? But after I survived that, I asked a different question. I said, why am I still here? Because things could have been completely different in that moment. And thinking of that as like, if life ended today, is this the legacy I want to live? Mm. So I started seeking that. I knew God had called me to make a difference in people's lives, but I was like, man, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing a great job locally, but I'm playing way too small. Mm. I know God has called me to impact people on a larger scale. So that's when it, and unfortunately I had to go through that near death accident to wake me up to that. But you don't have to have a near death accident. Right. You unfortunately, a lot of people hit rock bottom before they make changes. Right. You don't have to wait for that. I mean, ask yourself that question right now. Why are you still here? You didn't have to survive something. You woke up today. Mm-hmm. You got air in your lungs. Your heart is beating like you are alive today for a purpose. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. And one thing that drives me, I don't want to get to the end of my life and question, could I have done more? 
Could I have helped more people? Could I have had made more impact in the world? So that drives me to go even bigger. Mm. And again, it, it came from the near-death accident. If that had never happened, I mean, maybe I'm not doing this. Maybe I would have just been okay with helping the people. And there was nothing wrong with what I was doing. It was a great life helping people there, but it really set me on fire for, you know what? God has called me for something bigger. Mm. Wow. So, so good. Uh, it's been such a blessing today. Recapping today's transformational truth, a renewed mind produces a transformed life. Justin, where can people find you? Yeah, feel free, DM me on Instagram, Dr. Justin Mosley, or I have a free Facebook group, the Mindset Doctor Community, or drjustinmosley.com slash links. I have free resources there. Awesome. Fantastic. Listen, if you would like to connect with Dr. Justin Mosley, and I highly recommend you do, please check out the links that we've included for you in the show notes. And if transformational truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go over to Apple iTunes, rate the show, write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Dr. Mosley, thank you for investing in us today. It has been absolutely rich. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. Thank <laughs> you.